What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, August 19th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Travel Anderson, and this is What a Day, the only podcast that takes a hard stance against sending bachelors to paradise. <laughs> yeah, bachelors should not be in paradise. They should be working hard at their jobs in finance and finally learning what a sconce is. I've got a better idea. Bachelors in therapy. On today's show, Dolly Parton starts writing a novel, plus more on Afghanistan where Taliban fighters shot and killed several protesters. But first, as a follow-up to our show yesterday, the federal government announced that COVID boosters are likely on the way. Vaccine effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 infection is waning. And even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospitalizations, we are seeing concerning evidence of waning vaccine effectiveness over time and against the Delta variant. Yeah, that was CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky talking about the reasons behind the administration's vaccine booster plan. So what are the official details now that they're out? This would tentatively begin September 20th if the FDA determines that a third shot for those who got Pfizer or Moderna is deemed safe and effective, if. Wanted to clarify quickly, as the federal health officials did at the briefing as well yesterday, that we're going to wait and see if that actually happens first. So despite the CDC recommending a booster here, the FDA is going to make the final call based on their review. But Walensky and the other officials in this briefing were trying to drive home three points in her own words. In their estimation, vaccine protection against COVID-19 does start to decrease over time, but effectiveness against severe disease, hospitalization, and death stays relatively high. And then against Delta, effectiveness is generally decreased. That all combined to get us to where we are with this recommendation at the moment. So now part of the reason for a possible booster shot has been new data out there on the virus and the vaccines. What did that tell us? So it definitely helped paint the picture a little bit more clearly. But before we get into all of that, just a rant here for a moment. The thing that's been constantly bugging me the entire time when people are talking about what we don't know and what we do is that part of the reason we in the U.S. are in the dark is our entire healthcare system. So right now, the U.S. is so often assessing data from other countries to help make informed decisions, including Israel, Singapore, the U.K., for example. And what is the obvious thing that those places have in common that we don't? They have a nationalized healthcare system. So beyond its other obvious benefits, those systems have allowed those countries to have a much more sophisticated system of collecting and analyzing information as it comes in, something that might come in handy during a global pandemic. End of rant. My microphone is down. You're welcome to rant at any time. All right, Gideon. (laughs) (laughs) So out of the domestic data that our CDC was able to rely on for recommending these boosters, what do they say? Okay, so they had several studies that kind of found a a lot of what we've been hearing, that the effectiveness of mRNA vaccines at preventing overall infections appeared to drop after Delta started becoming more prevalent, with one focus specifically on nursing home residents. 
And one of those studies came out of New York State. It showed that the effectiveness of vaccines in preventing cases over time dropped from 92% to 80%. That was population-wide. So they were still effective, just not as effective as they were at the start. And that's with infections as Delta was taking off. The results did hold steadier when it came to protection against hospitalizations, which is key. We're going to link to the slideshow presented at the briefing that laid out a lot of this in our show notes. Okay, so boosters, they sound like they're on their way for America. But as the Watt Squad knows, the world hasn't exactly been happy when boosters have come up. (laughs) They have not, to say the least. So the World Health Organization, for one, had quite a bit to say again here. Dr. Michael Ryan, the WHO's emergencies chief, said, quote, we are planning to hand out extra life jackets to people who already have life jackets while we're leaving other people to drown without a single life jacket. The White House continues to say that they are both distributing vaccines worldwide and also prepping this booster plan. Then some other scientists told the New York Times that this data so far supported giving boosters to immunocompromised individuals and nursing home residents, but not necessarily the entire general public. Also, last thing on nursing homes, The Biden administration said yesterday that they are seeking to make Medicaid and Medicare funding for more than 15,000 nursing homes conditioned upon whether their staff gets vaccinated. So that is just some of the COVID news that we've heard recently. We're going to get to more soon. But Travell, let's turn now to some other news. The trial of R. Kelly has begun. It has. And I want to warn listeners that some of the allegations against the musician are graphic. So if your kids are listening or you yourself are a survivor and this might be triggering, go ahead and fast forward to the ads. Yeah. So give us an overview then of what's happening here. The first of a number of federal trials against Grammy-winning singer and alleged abuser R. Kelly began yesterday in a Brooklyn court. After decades of accusations and investigations, he faces multiple charges, including racketeering, kidnapping, forced labor, and eight counts of violating the Mann Act, which prohibits transporting anyone across state lines for prostitution. And so what are some of the details that led to these charges? Folks will likely remember that Robert Sylvester Kelly, that's what his mama named him, has been (laughs) the subject of much conversation over the last four or five years. Back in 2017, BuzzFeed published an explosive article that accused Kelly of holding a group of adult women against their will as part of what some of their parents called a cult. Mm. That story led to a number of other women coming out with their own allegations, some of them breaking non-disclosure agreements they had signed. Then Then in 2019, the Lifetime docuseries Surviving R. Kelly premiered, executive produced by filmmaker and music critic Dream Hampton, and it explored how Kelly and his team silenced his victims for decades. Shortly after the series aired, the singer was dropped by his record label. The series won a Peabody for its, quote, exploration of the power of celebrity and the double standard of justice around gender and race and for effecting change. And these current charges were announced shortly after that series premiered. Mm. This case, however, However, is just starting almost two years after those charges were filed because of the pandemic, obviously, and Robert, who continually fires his lawyers and hires new ones. I'm not going to read any further into that. But going back (laughs) a little bit here, Kelly was acquitted of child pornography charges in 2008. So how is this case different? Well, one of the major differences here is that the 2008 case centered on a videotape of Robert allegedly having sex with a 14-year-old girl. That trial excluded allegations made by other girls and their parents. So everything pretty much rested on that one 14-year-old's testimony. But she refused to testify and the prosecutor's case fell apart 
from there. This current case, however, centers around six women who prosecutors say the singer physically abused, psychologically manipulated, and dictated when they could eat and use the bathroom. Wow. Two of the women were featured in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, and two others have never spoken publicly about their allegations. Three of them say they were underage when the encounters with Robert began. What's also interesting this go-around is the racketeering charge Robert faces. It gets a little technical, but basically that charge in part allows allows the prosecutors to bring up his brief marriage to the late R&B singer Aaliyah as they allege his abuse dates back to at least 1991. Aaliyah was 15 years old at the time. Yeah, there is so, so much here. But with all of that backdrop, how did the first day of the trial actually go? So Assistant U.S. Attorney Maria Cruz Melendez is playing no games, all right? She said, quote, this case is not about a celebrity who likes to party a lot. This case is about a predator. Mm. In her hour-long opening statement, she detailed how he used his fame, popularity, and a network of people at his disposal to target, groom, and exploit young girls, boys, and women for his own sexual gratification. She said he used backstage passes to entice children and women to join him, sometimes at his home or studio, where he then, quote, dominated and controlled them physically, sexually, and psychologically. Oh, it is so, so disturbing. Every single part of every allegation that's in here. Very much so. And I know a lot of people are listening to this in the morning, so I'll save you some of the sordid details about the abuse these women say they suffered. But just know it includes everything from forcing the girls and women to have sex with other men to locking them in rooms for days on end. And I want to note, especially as we've seen a number of high-profile assault cases over the last couple years, another difference with this one is that the bulk of Robert's accusers are black women. Hmm. The prosecutor also noted their intention to introduce other allegations throughout the trial, including a man who will apparently testify that when he was 17, Robert pressured him to have sex too. Wow. Obviously, Robert is still denying all allegations. Nicole Blank Becker, one of his four lawyers, basically repeated what every iteration of his defense team, because there have been many, has said, and that is that the accusers are former fans with an agenda. Ugh, of course. Uh, now, this isn't the only federal trial that R. Kelly is going to face. It's just one that happened to start yesterday. Baby, he's going to be in court for some time to come, all right? <laughs> he's facing other federal charges of child pornography and obstruction in Chicago, as well as additional state sex crime charges in Illinois and Minnesota. So we talk about a lot of different situations here. What is the timeline of these trials and what could he actually be facing if he's convicted? I hate to say it, but it definitely is a big if, especially as Robert's defense team has made it clear that their intention is to paint the accusers in a bad light. I'm sure we'll also hear some foolishness about cancel culture going too far and whatnot because mm -hmm. they like to repeat that. But this current case is expected to last six to eight weeks, after which time the jury of seven men and five women will make their ruling. If convicted, legal experts say he'd be facing at least 15 years in prison, and that could obviously increase if he's convicted in the subsequent cases as well, which will begin in order after this one wraps. But that's the latest for now. It's Thursday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about innovations in Girl Scout cookie technology. 
So after a sales slump in 2020 that left the Girl Scouts of America with 15 million boxes of unsold cookies, they've now introduced a new treat to their classic lineup. The newest cookie is called The Adventureful, which is described in a press release as a quote-unquote indulgent brownie-inspired cookie with caramel-flavored cream and a hint of sea salt that promises to, quote, take cookie lovers on a delicious taste adventure. Very promising, and all from the comfort of your own couch or bed or wherever you might normally eat your sleeve of Thin Mints while you catch up on 90 Day Fiance. Um, For most of us, Girls Got Cookie season runs from January to April, so we're going to have to wait to take our own taste adventures. But Travel, how do you see the new Adventureful Cookie stacking up against your current Girl Scout cookie lineup. Well, I love the idea of a brownie-inspired cookie that gives me the feels deep down inside. Mm -hmm. I can do without the caramel cream situation. Mm -hmm. No thank you. But I think I'm going to stick with my do-si-dos, my lemonades. Those are the ones that get me through. What about for you? I I have a lot of respect for both of those choices and for the caramel, which I agree. I need to kind of see if this is going to work. One of my other questions with it is like, is this going to be more of like a really soft type cookie or like what are we dealing with in terms of Mm. texture here? I'm fascinated is is where I'll put it. Well, now I have a hot take that will probably get me dragged online, but that's what we're here for. I love Oreos. Oreos to me are better than all of the Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. Every single one. I neither agree nor disagree. (laughs) I just respect. So you're going to leave me out here to flounder on my own. Understood. I actually, you're, you're making a compelling point. I think that by sheer amount, I could eat more Oreos than I could Girl Scout cookies. And Oreos are are amazing. So step it up, uh, Girl Scouts. Is what we're saying. Anyway, just like that, we've checked our temps. Um, we, we hope that, you know, whatever your cookie of choice is, you go on a taste adventure and we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Protests broke out in several cities in Afghanistan yesterday as the Taliban continues to shape its own new government. At least two protesters were killed and around a dozen were injured by Taliban fighters while demonstrating against the takeover of the Afghan government. Chaos also ensued in Kabul's airport as people were frantically trying to leave the country. According to the White House, 5,000 people have already been evacuated from the country so far. In an interview with ABC yesterday, President Biden also mentioned that U.S. troops will stay past the withdrawal deadline of August 31st if there are Americans remaining in the country at that point. He also went on to defend the execution of the withdrawal. Mm. After Texas Governor Greg Abbott banned government institutions, including schools, from instating mask mandates, one school district found a clever loophole to keep their students and staff safe as the Delta variant rages across the state. In an announcement that was posted on the website of the Paris Independent School District, district officials announced that they had amended their school dress code to include masks, Uh citing concerns for the health and safety of its students. And it makes total sense why they would take these measures. Paris, a town of just 25,000, currently has almost 3,000 confirmed COVID-19 cases. The Paris Independent School Year starts today, and they're confident that the loophole is going to stand, citing a Texas Education Code chapter that gives the trustees of a school district ultimate say in the management and supervision of activities of the schools in their district. Meanwhile, President Biden directed his education secretary to take more action against governors who are banning school mask mandates. As for Greg Abbott, the announcement defying his July executive order came on the same day that the governor tested positive for COVID-19. So it does sound like their governor could benefit from a little school dress code as well. And so much more. (laughs) Want to hear the T on T-Mobile? Well, apparently the names, birthdays, and social security numbers of about 40 million T-Mobile customers were stolen by hackers during a data breach that happened earlier this week. T-Mobile affirmed in a statement that no financial information was compromised in any of these files, but recommended that any subscribers with postpaid plans change their pins. T-Mobile also promised to contact customers affected in the breach and offer two years of their identity protection services. But that seems a little suspect to trust the company that literally just lost (laughs) the personal info of 40 million people to hackers to protect you from the Mm -hmm. same hackers. But you do you. Mm -hmm. 
On a brighter note, <laughs> the Senate authorized $2 billion in cybersecurity investments in the latest infrastructure bill. So with any luck, cyber attacks will be affecting us less very soon. In the meantime, stay vigilant, change your passcodes if they appear in a leak, and remember to tell your parents that their own birth date, month, year, all of that is not a strong enough password. Yeah, it's not, especially if they're T-Mobile customers, it appears. Um, <laughs> too soon, I'm sorry. In an artistic collaboration unseen since the days of Warhol and Basquiat, a beloved <laughs> icon, Dolly Parton has teamed up with pulp thriller author James Patterson to release an original novel. It is called Run, Rose, Run. According to early press, the novel will be about a young singer with a dark secret that inspires her music and will draw upon Parton's own experiences in country music. And if you thought it stops there, you just simply do not know Dolly, folks. The country music star will simultaneously release an album featuring 12 original songs based on the characters and situations in the book. According to their publisher, Little Brown, quote, this dual release will mark the first time a number one best-selling author and an entertainment icon who has sold well over 100 million albums worldwide have collaborated on a book and an album. So your move, Meg Cabot and Lady Gaga. The novel is set to come out in March of 2022, and I personally cannot wait to see Run Rose Run on its shelf while I'm buying a $20 bag of Cheez-Its at the airport and think to myself, well, there it is. <laughs> we don't deserve Dolly Parton, but she's always focused on getting the bag, and so I don't blame her. Yes, exactly. I am running over to Run Rose Run. Um, they can have that for free or not. That's up to them. And those are the headlines. <laughs> One more thing before we go, Take Line host Jason Concepcion and Crooked are coming at you with a brand new podcast. It is called X-Ray Vision. Each week, Jason is going to deep dive into your favorite films, TV shows, and comics, including Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, and Why the Last Man. The X-Ray Vision trailer is out now, and the first episode is going to drop on August 30th. You can subscribe to X-Ray Vision on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, change your pins, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just essential Dolly Parton novels like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Travel Anderson. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and you, you better, better run, run, Rose, Rose run. run. I mean, there's clearly danger involved. It's James Patterson. There could be a murder. You know, she's a runner. She's a track star. She's perfect for this. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> That's the plot right there. <laughs> what a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers, and Kelly Satakun is our intern. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com.
I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.